This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No. Good boy. Keep your hat on, pet. Why? We're playing dinner at the North Pole, remember? So we need to wear our big warm coats inside. When it comes to food or heat, many families will face impossible choices this Christmas. Please support the St. Vincent de Paul annual appeal. Donate locally or at svp.ie. Thank you. Life's full of things we can't depend on. Like the Irish weather. Predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for lucky seven. But some things you can depend on. Like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now CERTA, delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on, see CERTAIreland.ie. Monsters is a podcast about the worst human beings on the planet. Listener discretion is advised. I just want to add an extra disclaimer that this episode does contain some racial slurs. Of course, they do not represent the opinions of me or this channel. Clifford Burns believed that everything had been taken away from him and that none of his problems were his fault, so he decided to change the course of his life permanently. This is Monsters. Clifford Burns went to the Dunkin' Donuts for what they're known for, donuts. But while there, he saw Patricia Canavan and asked her for her phone number. The mother of three was happy to find a man that treated her well and was great with her kids, Megan, Crystalline, and Nick. Clifford also had a daughter of his own, but it's unclear whether or not she lived with him. Clifford owned his own business as an arborist. The business was successful and he had thousands in company equipment as well as a sports car and a motorcycle. They got married in 1997 after Patricia became pregnant with their first daughter, Harley. Clifford almost instantly became violent. He would often push and slap Patricia in front of the kids before turning back into a doting husband and father. Patricia gave him the benefit of the doubt because he had a traumatic childhood. He grew up through years of domestic disputes between his parents that were increasingly violent. Clifford's father, James Burns, once shot his mother, Edith, in the arm during an argument in 1981, but she survived. In 1984, on the day they were supposed to appear in divorce court, James abducted Edith and shot a police officer, who survived, before turning the gun on himself. Before the abduction, James left a note for then-16-year-old Clifford, giving him power of attorney something Clifford would emulate later in life. 
Despite the troubles in their relationship, the couple had their second daughter, Autumn, 14 months after the birth of Harley. Over the next 10 years, Clifford would beat Patricia over minor infractions and one time held a gun to her neck. Around 2008, Patricia had finally had enough and separated from Clifford, but he would apologize and convince her to take him back. On December 27, 2010, the couple were back living together when Crystalline, one of Patricia's daughters from a previous relationship, died of natural causes at only 15 years old. Her siblings described her as the perfect 15-year-old. She would often care for her younger sisters, Harley and Autumn, and would cook dinner on nights when both Clifford and Patricia were working late. Both Patricia and Crystalline developed a stomach bug around Christmas time, but Crystalline said she was feeling better the day after Christmas. That night, Harley had gone to sleep with Crystalline in her bed and said she heard her sister breathing weird in her sleep. Harley says she went to get Crystalline a glass of water before going to bed in her own room. The next morning, after Patricia had gone to work, Clifford came downstairs to let the dogs outside and went to check on Crystalline. He found her laying in her bed, eyes open, unresponsive. He called 911, and when paramedics arrived, they weren't able to revive the teen. Three years ago, our fucking daughter passed away. Did you know about that? It happened in fucking on 3rd Ave. All natural causes. Who's that? Crystalline cannabis. Sorry to hear that. Our daughter passed away. Our mom's right off the boat Irish. Her parents are alcoholics, disease in our family. I had to quit drinking for seven years. When this shit happened with our daughter, she got she works for St. Peter's. They did the autopsy there. They found nothing wrong with the kid. The fucking Dr. Biden or whatever on HBO talked to her for a fucking half hour, told her I would have called it a case of SIDS. She had like a flu. Two days after Christmas, all the family or nobody paying attention. She passed away with my, my other daughter in bed with her at night. My other daughter's all fucked up in the head, can't even sleep at night. I asked him to go to counseling. What she did to me, because I wanted to do the right thing, put the court orders on me and shut me right out of their lives. A police investigation found no sign of foul play, and two autopsies were conducted to try to find a cause of death. But neither one could come up with an answer. Toxicology reports came back having only ibuprofen in her system outside of the atropine that was administered by the paramedics. Some people believed that she died from complications of diabetes, but that was never confirmed. The incident pushed Patricia to finally leave Clifford for good. She found an apartment above a hardware store in Lake Luzerne, New York, and moved in with Autumn, but Harley decided to stay with her father. She didn't want to leave her school and felt like her father would never hurt her, but she would end up being wrong. She would find out the hard way that now that her mother wasn't around to take the brunt of his abuse, she became his target. Any time he talked about Patricia, he would start calling Harley names and verbally assaulting her. It only took a few months for Harley to change her mind and move in with her mother. In the few months that Harley had lived with Clifford, Patricia had already started a new relationship with another abusive man. Ted Backus lived in the neighboring apartment and began dating Patricia shortly after she moved into the building. Ted was another man who had a temper and physically abused Patricia. On February 10, 2013, Ted got into an argument with Patricia in his apartment and fired a gun into the ceiling. When police arrived on scene, Ted had fled the apartment and was hiding in a nearby restaurant that was closed at the time. 
The sheriff's office emergency response team stormed to the restaurant and found Ted hiding in a closet. He was arrested and given a misdemeanor gun charge and was later charged with three additional misdemeanor counts. Reckless endangerment, endangering the welfare of a child, and criminal contempt. The criminal contempt charge was for contacting Patricia after an order of protection had been put into place after the shooting. After that, it seemed that Patricia finally decided that she didn't need a man in her life and lived a fairly peaceful life with her daughters. She continued working as a nursing assistant for a hospice care facility and working toward her divorce from Clifford, but that process was causing the man to become consumed by anger. He was making weekly child support payments and, according to him, after becoming behind by two payments, he was being harassed by the child support collection unit. On Christmas Eve of 2013, Patricia was at home with her three daughters, Megan, Harley, and Autumn, and was preparing a big holiday dinner. Harley left the home in the afternoon to do some last-minute shopping, something she believes may have saved her life. A call from a woman from the Warren County Support Collection Unit on Christmas Eve is what Clifford claimed set him off on his final path of destruction. I'm signing nothing, not guilty on every fucking thing. Just give me the charge and put me in my cell. You're getting nowhere with me. Um, I'm just getting arriving here, so I'm not quite sure what transpired this evening, and we'd like to just try to find out a little bit about What transpired is a man's been pushed to the edge. His kid's ripped out of his life. What fucking place calls you up today on Christmas Eve telling him you're putting a warrant out for his arrest if he didn't pay his child support? That fat fucking cunt bar next door in the fucking support collection unit. Called you today, sir? Called me today. My attorney said she's putting a warrant out for my arrest on fucking Christmas. I haven't seen my kids. I missed two payments. I paid 250 a fucking week. Is that Warren County Sport Collection? Warren County. What do you call yourself? Last of the Wild West, brother. Your laws don't float with Albany County. I already know it. Okay. So you got a call today from Barr who told you that there's a back... There's uh, I missed two payments. Okay. And, and then what, what happened after that, sir? I don't know what happened. My lawyer called me up said there's a warrant out for my arrest. I'm going to warn you right off the bat that the interrogation of Clifford Burns is a pretty wild ride. He spends the better part of five hours rambling on about the same three topics, and he has a hard time keeping things straight. In this first clip, he says that Barb, the woman from the support collection unit, called him and told him that she was putting a warrant out for his arrest because he had missed two child support payments. Then his lawyer called him to tell him there was a warrant out for his arrest. After that, he claims that he blacked out. He says throughout the interrogation that he paid $250 a week in child support, and he claims numerous times that this was all over him missing two payments. Otherwise, he makes himself out to be the shining image of a perfect father who pays his child support religiously. But there was a judgment against him in Warren County Court on June 12, 2013, stating that he had to pay $2,724 in unpaid child support to Patricia Burns. That seems like more than two payments, and I'm not sure if this is the amount he's talking about or if this was a different amount that he was behind, which he paid and now he was behind again. He then continually claims to have blacked out and doesn't remember what happened next. What happened next is that Clifford drove the hour from Schenectady to Lake Luzerne. He was dressed in camouflage pants, a camouflage jacket, with a black knit mask over his face. 
He knocked on the door and then barged in and grabbed Patricia. With a large hunting knife in hand, he began stabbing Patricia repeatedly in the stomach. Megan tried to stop the man while telling her younger sister, Autumn, to call 911. In the struggle, she pulled off the knit mask to reveal that her stepfather was the one attacking her mother. Clifford turned and swung the knife at Megan, causing a huge gash in her left arm. After that, Megan ran outside to try to find help, but Clifford followed in an effort to finish the job. 911, where's your emergency? My mom's bleeding out on the floor. My dad's a and they stabbed her. And she's bleeding out. She's on. She's on. She's on. She's on. She's on. She's on. He's like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, he's bald. He's wearing camouflage right now, and I think he's going to go out to the mountains. Mom, hold on, Mom. Hold on, Mommy, please. Yeah, you wanted to. I can't. I can't. She's dying. I need my mother. Please help. Oh, my God. My mom is dying. There's proof of blood on the floor. My sister's going to die. You need to get people here. Is she breathing? Mom, be with us. You're stronger. You, you can do this, Mom. I know you can. She's dying. She's on her way out. Please. Ma'am, 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 I, I, I know I'm, I'm trying to get no, people there. The screams had alerted people at a nearby restaurant who came out to see what was going on. Fortunately, they scared off Clifford, who jumped in his vehicle and fled. Patricia and Megan were both rushed to the hospital, but Patricia was pronounced dead when they arrived. Megan had surgery to repair the damage to her arm. Police were familiar with Clifford and found his vehicle not far away. A chase ensued that ended when Clifford pulled into the Warren County Sheriff's Office and turned himself in, something he claimed was a gift because he could have run into the woods and started a war with authorities. You want to sign your name right there for me? I ain't signing my name for nothing. Okay. Come on. You understand it, though? Absolutely. All right. I'm not a disrespectful guy either. Do you know the fucking Bacchus brothers who they are? I know them, yeah. They fucking started all this. And their fucking brother, brother Teddy. And they're lucky I'm in my right fucking mind, because I deal with AK-47s and fucking AR-15s. Well, what I'm going to tell you what happened. My ex-wife put a court order against me. Teddy Bacchus went over in the house and shot the fucking house up with a gun and got all misdemeanors because you cocksuckers are corrupt in Warren County, and you know you are. It was an apartment complex with kids in it. An unregistered illegal handgun, and it gets all misdemeanors. That's what I want to do to her face. Right up with a fucking knife. She took my kids away from me, everything I fucking have. Today I get a fucking call from my lawyer saying they're coming with a warrant for my arrest for missing two child support payments. I stayed away. I haven't seen my kids in eight months. It's fucking Mm -hmm. Christmas. I am the fucking devil. Where's your kids now? They're home. I don't know where the fuck they are. I haven't seen them in eight months. When this broad can do this on Christmas, fuck me in the ass like this, and when's my last straw, I'd rather live in prison. Clifford doesn't seem to have any concern with what he just did. What he does focus on is the fact that Ted Backus fired a handgun at his apartment building where Patricia and his daughters lived and only got a misdemeanor. To Clifford, Ted Backus, quote, shot up the place, end quote. Was an illegal handgun dislodged in an apartment complex? Don't know. Fuck you. The bullet holes are all over the place. The gun was fired once into the ceiling. The issue has clearly been built up in his mind to become some giant conspiracy. 
What it has to do with him stabbing Patricia is anyone's guess. He continually gets upset that he's being interrogated and treated like, well, a murderer, when Teddy Backus only got a misdemeanor for firing an unregistered handgun in an apartment. It's also important to point out the times Clifford slips up while claiming to have blacked out and not know what happened. In the previous clip, when the deputy asks him where his children are, he starts to say they're home, but catches himself and says he doesn't know where they are. Or this little outburst. You bring my children up now. Do a good job for it. I don't give a fuck because they're out of her fucking care now. I snap. I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. He seems to know that his kids are out of Patricia's care. It's almost like he knows she's dead. Weird. Also, in the earlier clip when he says, quote, that's what I wanted to do with her face, right up with a knife, end quote, he's referring to a scar that the deputy has on his face from the side of his mouth across his cheek. His obsession with Ted Backus continued. You know what happened today? Family court calls my lawyer up saying they're fucking taking my kids and put me in jail and I did nothing but pay it, you guys. And this guy shoots the house up with a loaded handgun Gets all misdemeanors. Do you, it was an apartment complex. You know Governor Cuomo's gun laws? It was an unregistered handgun. Every, gun, every bullet in the fucking chamber of a gun was a felony. Going in the apartment complex was a felony and dislodging the handgun. He got nine fucking misdemeanors because of his brother. Beat my old lady. I put her in the fucking hospital. My kid was home. Put his ass the fucking motherfucker. Get him in here and put me in a room with both and I'll beat the fuck out of him. He ran like a cow or a snake and his brothers are two pieces of shit. Okay. I have no idea what You know what I'm fucking referring to. 69 Route N. Okay. December of last year. You're when he went in, with in right now. So I'm filling his in. I wasn't there that night, so I don't know. He's worn there. Nobody did nothing to him. Okay. Nobody did nothing. But me, two court orders against me and haven't seen my kids since last fucking year. The fucking nigger. He disappeared from the town because I've been going up there the last few days. I was going to got him. Teddy Backus. You can tell him I said it. Don't ever let me out of jail again. Because I'll kill him. I love my children. Oh, and in case you didn't catch this already, Clifford Burns is a massive racist. I can see your very passion. You want to see? There it is. White power. That's what I believe in. The Irish. Irish. Listen, all the cops are Irish and the judge and the attorneys, and you got two different types of Irish, the blind drunk and the fucking straight. We're straight. We go to work every fucking day. You guys, you deal with weapons every day. I had AK-47s, AR-15s at my disposal. I could have made this a war. You want to know what my mindset was? Take her out, spray paint the building, let's play back as boys, and take them in the mountains. You would have had to drop a fucking platoon in for me. A platoon, brothers. I kept the war. I came here and did the right thing. I turned myself in. I'll go to prison. I'm done. As someone with Irish heritage, I don't agree with this piece of human garbage. He doesn't speak for all of us. And these poor cocksuckers over here, the fat fucking cunt, she gets her fucking check every week and play fucking tag with somebody's life. What am I, a fucking nigger? I'm Irish just like you, you motherfucker. I go out, I hire the best Irish lawyer. The cocksucker, the judge, teaches law school at fucking Siena, 
And fucking his kid just passed the bar 21. His brother's a DA of Schenectady. Every fucking time they go in there, you got money for me. I don't even got a high school diploma. I gave you 13 fucking thousand. What the fuck do you want from me, motherfucker? And then there's this. Am I going to get out and collect welfare? I'd never get it. If you're a nigger driving a Mercedes, you can pull up and get welfare. When you're a white guy, you can walk in with holes. You ain't getting nothing. Poor, underprivileged white guy. Will anyone ever understand his suffering? Please. Anyway, Clifford spends a lot of time in the interrogation room, digging himself into a pretty deep hole. What, what part of the night do you remember, Cliff? I remember getting in a heated argument with my sister on the phone, and her telling me she's seeing my kids and she's best friends with my ex-wife after she just went through a trial and hated her fucking guts. I got an argument with my sister like two months ago with my brothers. I don't even remember. And the next thing I know, everybody's turning on me because I just went to my apartment. I don't bother nobody anymore. I don't talk to anybody. I have no fucking friends. I lost my whole life over this bitch. My kids, everything is gone. I don't even know what to fucking tell you no more. I just... Did Tina call you today? I called her up when my lawyer called me. And he said I had a warrant going out for my arrest. They wanted to know my address. They were coming. On Christmas fucking Eve for two child support fucking payments. I don't even fucking get it. I've gone three fucking years without fucking no contact. I don't want nothing to do with a bitch. I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to do no more. I lost my kids. Every fucking thing I fucking work for with my bare hands is gone. And she still wants more. It's like she's bought the cigarette out on me. Crawls up with a fucking court order a whole fucking weekend. I go to the police, make me a file, two fucking things. We're doing nothing. We're doing nothing. Hey, you think you're going to ask me two fucking questions, motherfucker? You punk-ass motherfucker. I hate you motherfuckers. With a fucking passion, I should have did my real mission. Sit down. I got you a fucking break tonight, motherfucker. We appreciate it. I already told you Do you, you that. fucking appreciate it? You think you're going to run with me no. through the mountains, motherfucker? You would have to drop a platoon in for me. We covered that, man. And we talked earlier about that. And we said thank you. You did the right thing. You don't get a protective order against you for doing nothing. He has a lengthy arrest record for assaults, so it's fairly unbelievable that he was just minding his business, and all of this is some malicious attempt to keep him away from his kids. He was arrested for punching Patricia in the face and body, and also for violating an order of protection, both in 2003. He was arrested in 2009 for violating another order of protection, but it's not clear who was the victim. He has a record of abuse against others, once being arrested for threatening to assault a school bus driver. In one of his outbursts, he mentions calling the police to try to get help. He continually claims that Patricia was an alcoholic and was always drunk with the kids, but everybody in her family denies that. The daughters that lived with her said that they had a great life with their mother. Hell, Harley moved out of Clifford's house and into Patricia's to escape his verbal abuse. What likely happened is that Clifford called the police, they went out and found that nothing was wrong with Patricia or the children, and there was nothing for them to do. In Clifford's mind, though, she's the worst human being on the planet, and it's all a conspiracy against him. He does claim that he did them a favor by turning himself in. He said that his real mission was to run into the mountains with his guns and start a war. So after she called you today, sir, what happened? I lost it. 
it's Christmas. I haven't seen my children in three Christmases. I have a custody to see them, but when she put the court order on me with Teddy Backus, he put her all up to it. I found out everything. And did you drive up here, sir, from your house? Go fuck yourself. How the fuck do you think I got here? Flew or walked? My car's right out in the right, fucking parking lot. Are you fucking stupid? I'm just trying to find out. I just got find to out this. You're a corrupt and This is the Wild West. What's my charge? I, I don't know yet, sir. You don't know yet? No. I'm just trying to find out what happened tonight, sir. So you said you drove up here? I want to see my babies. Okay. I haven't seen my children in fucking years. You guys started this war. Do you under-fucking-stand me? Do you understand me, motherfucker? You started the war. That coward just ran out of here because he knows what you fucking did. You rigged another man's charges because his brothers are sheriffs. Go fuck yourself. Suck a dick. Everything is a conspiracy against him. Who was at the house tonight when you got <laughs> I know you Give me the fucking charge and bring me to prison, all right? Please sit down. I'm going to check on it for you, okay? Just trying to find out what happened tonight. That's all I'm asking of you right now. What do you think? I'm fucking stupid? I'm signing nothing. Give me my fucking charge, whatever you want to give me. If you ask me again, I'm going to fucking rip your fucking head off. Get out. You keep asking me. What do you want me to fucking tell you? I just told you I snapped. I don't see my kids. All right? You know what the fuck happened. I understand very well that you're upset. Did you do this to Teddy Bacchus? It's, it's the holidays. What did you do to Teddy Bacchus? Powder his balls and send him home without even a fucking fucking bail? You cocksucker. You know a fucking what I'm talking about, don't you? Side note. Maybe cuffing perps to a table that isn't connected to the floor isn't the best idea. And maybe you shouldn't have a computer set up on that same table. Just saying. Like I mentioned earlier, he literally compares his treatment while in custody to the treatment of Teddy Bacchus. And it's entirely possible that Ted got special treatment because his brothers work for the sheriff's department. But at the end of the day, he shot a gun into the ceiling of a top-floor apartment, where there was nobody else in the room with him at the time, and even though he made some really stupid decisions, and probably deserved a little more punishment than he got, Clifford broke an order of no contact to burst into his estranged wife's home, stabbed her in the stomach multiple times, murdering her, and slashed his stepdaughter's arm. Not the same thing. What happened tonight over there? Over where? You keep asking me that. What happened up there? I don't know what the fuck happened. I blacked the fuck out. Do you know what you got there or who was there when you got there? I couldn't tell you nothing. I want to see my old lady until I want to see my fucking kids. Did she meet at the door? Mm hmm. And she wouldn't let you in? Listen, I want to go to a jail cell. I don't want to sit here no more. All right. Can you, can you 
hand you got up there? And he wants to ship. Uh, you can just set it on the table, please. These are my business cards. Just you ask me another question about when I got there, I'm going to spit on you. Please. All right? Don't ask me again. I don't know what the fuck happened. I blocked the fuck out. Why don't you go ask her what the fuck happened? Calling my house all fucking weekend with two fucking court orders. Rubbing me out like a fucking cigarette butt. You get what I'm saying? When a woman snaps you, she did it all. I did nothing. Stayed away for two fucking years. I don't come around the fucking bitch. Everything blew up at once. I got the call from Warren saying there's a warrant out. I get a call. I talk to my sister. Everybody's fucking, like, playing a game with me. He maintains that he blacked out and doesn't know what happened next. Except he knew exactly what he was going to do. Before Clifford left his house in Schenectady, he left a note, a makeshift type of will, explaining what should happen to his belongings. Hmm, that sounds familiar. He clearly knew that he wasn't going to be coming back to his home. With the note, he left his cell phone so that he couldn't be tracked and there was also some military patches. There are two patches that are Air Force enlisted rank of technical sergeant and a military airlift command patch that would be worn on a flight suit or military uniform. I searched everything I could and cannot find any information about Clifford being in the military, but details about his life are non-existent between the age of 16, when his father committed suicide, until 1994, when he was sentenced to two and a half to five years in prison for burglary. He was released on parole on December 10, 1996, just before meeting Patricia. So there's 13 years in there where he might have served in the Air Force. That wasn't the only indicator that Clifford was planning to harm Patricia and possibly others. Though Clifford claimed repeatedly that Patricia had kept his kids away from him, Harley said in an interview that he had told her to never talk to him again. He was angry and bitter that she chose to move away from him in favor of her mother. The couple's youngest daughter, Autumn, who claimed that it was Clifford who hadn't contacted them in eight months, not the other way around, sent a text message to her father on December 22nd to wish him a Merry Christmas. Clifford responded, quote, I have a special gift coming soon, something for everyone to talk about, and it will be hand-delivered on foot, not by car, end quote. He continued, quote, a very special gift I hope all your friends are there to see, especially Harley, end quote. The girls were very concerned about the text messages and showed them to Patricia, believing that he might be coming to kill them. Patricia said that Clifford was an evil man, but not that evil. Autumn responded to Clifford, quote, Get it together. I know what you think you want to do, and believe me, that won't end well, end quote. She went on to explain, quote, the only reason you feel so bad is because of what happened to your parents. You haven't ever got the time to grieve. End quote. I can't imagine getting a message from my 14-year-old child telling me to get it together. I can't imagine that not snapping me out of whatever funk it is I'm in. That clearly isn't the case here and quite possibly fueled Clifford's bitter rage. During the interrogation, Clifford makes an odd attempt to just end it all. God fucking strike me dead. Strike me fucking dead, motherfucker. You put the devil on my shoulder and you put him on the other fucking side. Strike me fucking dead. I don't even give a fuck. Kill me. Put a bullet in me right now. Put a fucking bullet in me. 
Let's blow my fucking head off right now. Take the nine out and put one in me. Just fucking end it. I should have pretend I had a gun out there. I thought about it all the way. I don't want to live no more. You took every fucking thing from me, you cowardly little cocksuckers. It started last year with the Bacchus brothers. Of course, this is all because of the Bacchus brothers. Ted Bacchus shot a gun into the ceiling of his apartment and only got a misdemeanor. And ten months later, that made Clifford stab Patricia to death. Right. Then there's this brilliant piece of acting. Clifford, Patricia's dead. What? what? She's dead. Okay. After he's done with his theatrics, he just starts rambling endlessly. Do I always listen, though? There's no way for a man to live when he gives you every fucking... Goes to work every fucking day, every fucking fucking day. Women fucking every tall man's times evil. She takes my fucking kids out of my fucking life. Goes when another cop tells me to keep fucking paying, 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 paying. And I'm taking your house and taking every fucking thing you own. I work for my motorcycle. She tells me she's fucking owns half of it. Never paid a fucking dime for it. What did she put the spikes on? What the fucking trees? Fucking bro, makes 300,000 a fucking week. I didn't know what to do anymore. Every fucking day I couldn't go out of my fucking apartment. I just fucking lost my fucking mind. I lost my fucking mind. I don't even know what to fucking do. I fuck my babies too now. My children. I, oh my God. My little fucking girls. What the fuck have I fucking done? I don't even know what. I fucking snapped today, man. I didn't even know lawyers or anybody were working on Christmas fucking Eve. This lawyer of mine, too, this motherfucker, money, 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 money is charging me 250 an hour. Three fucking years into it, I'm at 20 fucking thousand on and such. A, I can never even start my fucking life over. Please, God, take me time. Give me a heart attack, any fucking thing. Please take me off this fucking planet. He was finally booked into jail and charged with second-degree murder. He accepted a plea deal and was sentenced to 23 years to life, but he tried to go back on his guilty plea. He claimed that his daughters convinced him to take the deal, but that he didn't really want it. According to Burns, he didn't bring a knife with him to Patricia's home that day, nor was his intent to kill her. The appellate division of the state Supreme Court ruled against his appeal, stating, quote, the daughters urged defendant to accept a plea deal to spare them the ordeal of trial and to avoid a potential 50-year prison sentence. Defendant indicated that he would do so. He then accepted the plea terms on the record, which he indicated he understood and had sufficient time to discuss the plea with counsel and had no questions. County court explained the consequences of his guilty plea and the trial-related rights he was foregoing, and defendant admitted the charged conduct and entered a guilty plea, end quote. This is a perfect example of what's wrong with Clifford Burns. He makes a decision, he takes actions, and then when those decisions and actions have consequences, he blames someone else. Everything that led him to prison was Patricia's fault, then Teddy Bacchus's fault, and now his daughter's fault. I'm sorry, Cliff, but this is all your fault. I'm a fucking man in every aspect, motherfucking fucking game! Why don't you be a man and own up to your actions? The prosecutor said that the evidence was strong that he committed premeditated murder. The knife that he used was his. He dressed ahead of time in camouflage and a mask. And having the previous text messages, plus the note left prior to him leaving his home, would have been a slam-dunk case. He's lucky to have taken the deal. 
If you're a victim of domestic abuse, please reach out to someone for help. You can call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Or go to thehotline.org to chat with someone online. The great thing about this website is that, at any time, hitting the escape key twice will instantly take your browser to a Google search page. In the event that the abuser is nearby, you can ensure that you don't get caught trying to get help. If you're having feelings of harming yourself or someone else, or even just need someone to talk to, please contact your local mental health facility, call 911, or call Mental Health America, who operate the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Be safe. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, you can help us out by leaving us a review or rating on whatever podcast app you listen through. You can also subscribe to the show to ensure you don't miss an episode. Also, remember that if you'd like to support the show, you can find information on how to do that at thisismonsters.com forward slash support. Thanks again. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up? You lose your license? You lose your job? You total your car? You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. No. Good boy. Keep your hat on, pet. Why? We're playing dinner at the North Pole, remember? So we need to wear our big warm coats inside. When it comes to food or heat, many families will face impossible choices this Christmas. Please support the St. Vincent de Paul Annual Appeal. Donate locally or at svp.ie. Thank you. Life's full of things we can't depend on. Like the Irish weather. Predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for Lucky 7. But some things you can depend on. Like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now Certa, Delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on, see CertaIreland.ie. Oh, look at that pocket mirror. Cute. No, that's a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 4. Wait, it was so tiny, but it just unfolded into a full-size phone. Wow. She's only gone and popped it on the side and took a selfie. Totally hands-free. Nice. Would you look at her now? She's watching a movie while getting her hair done. I'm well, gel. Flexible design for any situation with the Galaxy Z Flip 4. A serious flex. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.